I've got a couple hot topics to warm us up. Okay. And then we'll get into it. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. I had some fun hot topics. I tested them out on Winslow today. (laughs) (laughs) You like them? Yeah. I've gotten in the habit of when I see things. Jot them down. Yeah. Or I send the article to myself in Messenger. And so Mm. today I spent some time printing some things up and reading them. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, on a Thursday evening. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have been really good about getting together on Sundays to record, mm-hmm. but uh, my husband was exhausted on Sunday. That's right. It was family time. Hey, we needed a family day. So uh, we're a little late this week, but I think we've got a great show. So, oh my gosh, how do I start this? Welcome to the Strongly Worded Podcast. I'm Sue O'Lear. And I am Johnny Hampton. And we are in the dining room studio tonight with with some fun hot topics and I think uh, what will be a spirited conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I actually read a couple articles on that too. Yeah, me too. For, well, there's for some, a change. <laughs> there's some things happening in the news right now that made it very timely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, before we, we delve in, I, of course, in my travels throughout the week, check out some news stories that I want to bring up. And Mm. the first one is about um, a mom who was arrested at a school board meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. So a couple of months ago here in Flagler County, I attended a school board meeting to speak about um, the big topic of the day was the, the was book banning Mm. basically. But um, my issue wasn't even really, the issue that people had with these particular books. It's the way they went about uh, removing them from the library. It was not the protocol that the, was established for the board. Somebody mm-hmm. didn't get an answer that they liked in the amount of time they thought was appropriate. So um, the school board member called in the sheriff instead of giving giving the system time to work. Over a book. Right. Well, and it ended up being four books. And it's the four books that various conservative hot button websites are saying school board members or parents should go see if they exist in their libraries. Um, and there's one in particular that ha- that is very debatable. And then there are others that are a little more subtle um, about things like critical race theory. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, this one took place in Rochester, New York. A mother has filed a federal lawsuit against her school board after being arrested during a meeting last year for supposedly not wearing her mask correctly. She feels like she's being targeted um, because she uses her platform as an activist <laughs> uh-huh, in her community, to, which means her Facebook page, <laughs> to criticize school district officials for their policies regarding masking, coerced vaccination, critical race theory, and comprehensive sex education. Uh, what is coerced vaccination? Mm-hmm. What, what are... mm-hmm. So wait a minute. So she's suing them because they did what now? Because she was arrested and removed from this meeting for not she... wearing her mask properly. And so she's suing them? Yes. I... Yes, for pain and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I don't understand, right? There's people in this world. So they say you got to wear your mask mm-hmm. to go to the meeting. Yes. And she doesn't want to do it. Correct. Okay. I bet you if you ask that same woman, if it's right for a baker to turn down a homosexual couple. She would say. She would say yes. Yes. It's their right because it's their business. Right. 
So if the school board requires you to wear a mask, I wear a mask. So she was interviewed by Megan Kelly, and I wanted to go, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go back and listen to the interview. Uh, it was on Megan's Sirius XM show, <laughs> and I didn't. But she, of course, insists that she was the only time the mask was under her nose was when she was putting a piece of gum in her mouth. And to that, I say shenanigans. <laughs> like they're I gonna, say shenanigans. They're not going to arrest you because you had it down for a second. No, they are absolutely not. It's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I've been to these meetings. I've been, to, you know, what I mean? I've watched it in the gym. Yeah, I've watched people who probably think that she's an activist and a martyr sit in the gym to find a way to get around our former mask policy right, by yeah. holding a bag of Doritos right. the whole time. Right. Drinking soda for two hours. Right. The same soda and the same little mini bag of Doritos for two or three basketball games. It's bullshit. Like you, you, I don't understand. This is America, right? Like, so you don't want to wear your mask. Don't go to the meeting. Right. But she has to be an activist and she had to go to this meeting because she had to be present because this particular meeting the board had worked with an outside organization called Black in the Burbs, which is a suburban version of Black Lives Matter, and they brought in their own activists, all in red shirts. <laughs> so she had to be there. Well, the Negroes were going to be there. Because the Negroes <laughs> were going to be there. So, I mean... This woman's name, by the way, is Joy. Oh, man, we are a litigious society. Man. We are a litigious society. Like, you are suing them because they wanted you to... I mean, it's going to get thrown out. It, I, it, certainly it is. It's going to get thrown the out. The only time my mask came underneath my nose was when I took it down to put a piece of gum in my mouth. And in that moment, that's when a school board member signaled, signaled to security and other members of the board that they wanted to go to recess. And I was told by an arresting officer at that point that they'd called 911 specifically to see that I was arrested. Bullshit. Yeah, I mean. That's my strong, that, that's a, strongly worded opinion. Just, I have been to meetings with these people. I have been to meetings with all kinds of people like this. I sat in that yeah. room full of white supremacists. <laughs> this country is like a comedy. <laughs> like, it really is a sitcom. Yeah. So, this woman who considers herself an activist, <laughs> wouldn't wear her mask, got arrested, mm -hmm. and now is suing the school board. Mm -hmm. Does it, I mean, I would like to know, does she have a child in the school? It doesn't state that. Because like, a lot of these people, Cheryl, don't even have children in the school. They're coming from, she might not. Well, that's it. I mean, the meeting that I attended I with Carolyn and Gio, there were people from all over the place that didn't have kids in our district. Yeah, see, I can't do, I, I can't do those things anymore, man, because mm -hmm. my temperament is not good. Yeah. No. <laughs> And I, I spoke at that meeting, and yeah. you can hear it in my voice. My, I mean, I'm a very comfortable public speaker. I enjoy it. It's my thing. And you could hear in the video of me making the speech, my voice shaking. You were shaking. nervous. It yeah. was very intimidating. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I was intimidated, but yeah. I, it was nerve-wracking. Yeah. It was standing there knowing that I was surrounded by these dudes with their beards and their flag hats and their... Mm. Some of them were wearing bulletproof vests at school board meeting. <laughs> because, you know, things pop off at the school. Right. Like, I mean, I can't. Like, those, those are the things that get me in trouble because I can't take those guys seriously. I know. Like, I know. I've been at parties where shots rang out. Mm -hmm. Like, and it wasn't a school board meeting. Right. I mean, what are we doing? 
I and it's insane how it's happening like this wave of behavior. It's because, and I truly believe it's because these people are getting their soundbite information from these same radically far right, alt right, conservative, quote unquote, news sources to tell them to go do this. I mean, that's how our school board member found out about these books. But also, though, the media is covering this wackadoo. The media is also covering this. And now she, she's been in the paper. She's been on Megyn Kelly. Right. This is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> they're covering this. So the next wackadoo can get famous. Yeah. So now, you know, she can, you know, whatever, run her website that she's going <laughs> to. Inevitably start. <laughs> exactly. Her <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She, you know, she's going to get somebody to sponsor her or somebody to do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to be held out as a hero. Yeah, stop covering Simply for putting a piece of gum in her mouth. Do they think we're stupid? No, no, no. That, that's, people have been getting away with these dumb things for years, though. No. In other news, <laughs> Bank of America clients will no longer face a fee for bouncing a check. Oh, that's good. I don't write checks, but... I'm and they will pay only a $10 fine instead of a $35 fine if they overdraft an account. Nice! I think it's fantastic. They are not the first. Um, Ally Bank and Capital One have, have done similar, made similar moves at the end of 2021. Um, financial institutions are raking in millions of dollars from such fees, and the people who can least afford them wind up paying more in overdraft fees than the amount that overdrew the account. Yeah. It's always been my issue. I, I like, what is the fee for? <laughs> it's punitive, that, that, right? That, I mean, I kind of understand, like, you don't want people bouncing checks. It's a federal offense to do that, right? Like, right. Like, I, I understand that, but, like, the other day, my account was overdrawn. Probably the second time in 20 years. And he hit me with a fee. Now, I'm going to call the lady. She's going to waive the fee. Mm-hmm. Because my account's always in good standing. Well, what is the fee for? It doesn't cost them anything when right. when that happens. And like you said, it's, it's poor people who run out of money. Right. Right? Like, the bill comes due, and... They may forget. And next thing you know, they get hit with $35 from the bank, probably $50 from the institution, institution they're trying to pay. So, yeah, they need to do away with all those fees. Absolutely. Let's just punish people for being poor. Yeah. And the banks, everything in this country is for profit, man. <laughs> and truly, I think most things are to keep keep the poor down, oh, yeah. keep the uneducated uneducated keep people overworked and unhealthy. I've been saying that for years. So they can't go protest or run for office or, you know. Like healthcare (sighs) is expensive because that way poor people can't get it. Yep. And then if poor people can't get it, like this country has always been set up to depress poor people, women, minorities, immigrants. That's what this country is. Mm Mm-hmm. Plays out every day. So it never surprises me anymore. Um, in Japan, <laughs> a woman gave up her baby after finding out the sperm donor she used lied to her about his marital status, his ethnicity, and his educational background. She's now suing the donor, which is the first that this has ever happened in this country. That's interesting enough. This Poor kid is, is this baby is now living in an orphanage. Wait a minute. <laughs> because the mom doesn't want it. The dad doesn't want it. 
but it, it gets curiouser and curiouser. Japan doesn't have sperm banks. So, or they have now one, uh, one sperm bank. So here is what they call it. They call it do-it-yourself insemination. They basically meet on social media. This woman, in order to be impregnated by this man who <laughs> who lied to her about these things, mm-hmm. these various things, including his ethnicity, they had sex ten times. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hit me. She's married? She's married. <laughs> and apparently so is he. What is happening? So... Japan's off the chain, obviously. Off the chain. <laughs> so she, he didn't just donate this bird. No, not in the not in the way you and I think of what sperm donation is. She slept with him ten times. Ten times. And the husband was cool. Well, here's my thought. My thought is the husband was not cool. Like I think that this is a suit brought about. Oh, because she had an affair by the husband. <laughs> <laughs> this was. Perhaps so, an affair. You can't lie about her ethnicity if you saw her ten times. See what I mean? So she was told he was Japanese, and he was in fact Chinese. Oh, okay. Well. Well, no. I mean, don't you feel like? Nah. If they're in Japan, I'm, I'm sure she tried to talk from Japanese. Did he know it? I have question. Nah, she had an affair. Yes, I think she had an affair ten times. Ten. Yes. And now this poor baby doesn't have a mom or a dad that so, want it. But because the, the dad never wanted it, and he probably hid all of this donating stuff from his wife. But it wasn't. But is it a real donation? Like, is that a thing? I mean, money changed hands for so, this service. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a, so. Well, I mean, that's what they say. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That is wild. The woman found a sperm donor on social media who claimed he graduated from one of the top universities in Japan and that he was Japanese. He also told the woman he was single. The woman and donor reportedly had sex 10 times in order to get pregnant. And in June 2019, they were successful. But she later found out the donor was actually a Chinese national who was indeed married and did not graduate from Kyoto University, as he claimed. By the time she learned the information, it was too late to receive an abortion, and she gave birth to the baby. Japanese media reported the baby's now in the care of a child care facility in Tokyo, which is a nice way of saying an orphanage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's suing the donor for roughly $2.8 million for emotional distress. She claimed the donor gave her inaccurate information for the sake of having sex with her. Um, so, so it's a it's an unregulated market. It makes it easy for this kind of thing so to happen there. Right a married woman had unprotected sex with another man ten times. Ten times. Well, I don't know about the laws in Japan, <laughs> <laughs> but it would seem like he did perpetrate a little bit of fraud. Mm-hmm. If that's how it went down, yeah. Yeah, she's gonna have to prove that. Yeah. And if I'm her husband, I'm getting out of dodge. Why? <laughs> <laughs> right? right? And the yeah. dude, the other dude, who is what? That, like, they got to be single after this, right? Like, <laughs> ten times. Um, it has been confirmed that approximately ninety-six point four percent of the more than one hundred forty websites in Japan providing these type of sperm donations are unsafe, and many of the websites are just hookup schemes. 
to take advantage of people seeking legitimate donors. You think? <laughs> Japan has got a lot of unprotected sex going on. Seriously, it's like it's like the villages. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, this is the one that Winslow and I talked about for like half an hour. There are just so many layers to the absurdity in the story. Like, did the did her husband? So he said he was single. So we know his wife didn't know. We know that, right? As a fact. Did her husband know? I like to know if her husband knew that she was going to have sex with this guy right. to get so, pregnant. So they had one child, and they sought a donor for the second child because with the birth of the first child, they discovered like a hereditary abnormality that they didn't want to happen mm. again. So they did together seek a donor. Situation. So, he, so he was aware his wife was having sex with And I guess that's how it happens in Japan. That's so I nuts. guess if you want a donor, you know no way. that that's the way it's going down. No way. Yeah. No. <laughs> did you watch the show Life Goes On back in the I did. 80s, early 90s? I did. Yeah. So it looks like Becca Thatcher's life will indeed go on. NBC has given a green light to a pilot for a Life Goes On sequel with Kelly Martin reprising her role. Um, she, she's coming back. It's like a Hallmark movie almost. She's coming back to town, a successful doctor. Yeah, we're quirky at though. That's what we. That's well, what that's we that's what I. That's what is still vague about this. We know that. Um, He's alive, right? I don't know, but uh, we know that um, that Kelly Martin's coming back to reprise her role, and both Martin and Chad Lowe are producing. The original series creator is going to be an executive consultant, and it's being written by. The writer of All American, so it could end up being pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Patty Lapone's still with us. I think the dad is still with us. I don't know if they want to come back. I see. Chris Burke is the actor. Yes, Chris Burke is the actor that played Corky. He's fifty six now. <laughs> I mean, I can't so... imagine they could have life goes on without Corky. Yeah, he has to come back, right? If he's not dead, then what's the show about? I mean, who cares? Wow. Yeah. He's fifty six. Mm-hmm. I'm old. Yeah. Man. But I, I, you know, I mean, I think All American's a pretty good show. So yeah. I think having yeah. the, that writer in place will be good. So we'll see. They run out of ideas, though. Who asked for a Life Goes On reboot? Like, <laughs> it was a good, I mean, I'm I watched say I did. I watched the show, but I, I never thought to myself, I wonder what's going on. I, I wonder what Corky's up to. <laughs> nah. You know, I never did. Well, yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, I'm going to tune in. I don't know. You might have to tell me how that one is. <laughs> I'll check out the first episode. I'll check out that pilot. Um, so we're getting ready for the Beijing Winter Olympics, right? Yeah. So um, the United States Olympic Committee is encouraging Team USA not to bring their cell phones or to utilize burner phones. Oh, why? Because of the government over there? Because of the government over there. Um Canada is following suit along with Great Britain and let's see, the British Olympic Association and the Dutch Olympic Committee. Yeah, so I'd be scared to go to China because you don't know the customs and you mess around, you'll be in jail. Well, and they do so much surveilling of their own residents. Mm -hmm. Residents isn't the right word. Their own population. Citizens. Citizens. Mm -hmm. um, That I can see why this is happening. Yeah, communist countries are scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I went to East Berlin when they had the wall up. It was a scary place, man. Yeah. 
scared. You were in East Berlin when the wall was out? Yeah. I never told you that? I don't think you ever told me this. Uh, when I was like 10, I was in the fifth grade. Um, that spring, I was supposed to go to Disney World. And my mom stepped off a curb the wrong way, broke a leg and ankle. Okay. We didn't go to Disney World. Uh, so me. instead, you went to Europe. East Berlin? <laughs> I went That's to amazing. So my grandmother and grandfather paid for me to go to Europe for like, it was like a good three weeks. Wow. I mean, in why De- go for any less time? It was in December, too. To uh, we went to London. We were in Germany. We were supposed to go to Paris, but the bus didn't come. And we went to Berlin. And as part of the tour, mm-hmm. we went to East Berlin. Wow. Check, through Checkpoint Charlie. They made my grandmother take off some of her makeup because she didn't have makeup on in the passport picture. Oh, my gosh. And we drove in there. Everybody had a Peugeot. Same, uh-huh. Everyone had the same car. Mm-hmm. And we went to this remote restaurant in the middle of nowhere to eat. And I remember <laughs> the, <laughs> me and my grandmother always talking about there's these things in Germany called Broschen. They're like bagels. Mm-hmm. And the ones we had in East Berlin were stale. I was like, oh, grandma, these are stale. <laughs> and she grabbed my hand. Johnny, <laughs> don't say that out loud. <laughs> they could be <laughs> like, for the Broschen? But yeah, it's a scary place. And I remember <laughs> my mom asked me, because back then, you know, there's no social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. She said, what did the wall look like? I said, it looked like a huge handball wall with graffiti. Mm-hmm. And then when the wall came down, I remember her calling me because she was watching the news. She's like, Johnny, come here. Came in there and they were tearing it. She's like, it does look like that. <laughs> she probably doesn't remember that. though. But yeah, I, I never told you that. Yeah, I went to Europe. So Westminster Abbey, Big Ben. Mm-hmm. There's per- Big Ben. It's like that. Yeah, it was like the first time. It was like 85. Mm-hmm. It was like the first time I ever saw a bunch of interracial couples mm-hmm. in, in in London. Like, wow, this is really going on here? Because in New York, mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't happening. But yeah, communist countries are scary. I would not go to China. No, that would be tough, a tough decision. Yeah, I would love to see the Great Wall and all that. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go to China because yeah. I'd say the wrong thing. So when I went to Europe, I went after I graduated college and um, it was, I was sitting in the airport in the Delta lounge. We used, my dad at the time traveled a lot and Mm. was able to get my friend and I that traveled together in the lounge waiting for our flight. And we watched the Oklahoma bombing happen. Mm. And it took us a while once we flew and got there to really get any news about it. Like it took a little while. Everything wasn't immediate. There wasn't you know, the 24-hour news cycle, all that stuff. It took a little time for it to get over there and find out yeah, what was happening. But yeah. we didn't travel to any communist countries. In 85, like, to TV, so, like, soap operas were on, mm-hmm. they were, like, six months behind <laughs> with the U.S. Wow. Like, every TV show was yeah. months and months behind. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I got real fat, though. Wow. Good food over there. Good food. We definitely had good food too. Mm-hmm. The person that I went, we had. I had a friend. She and her fiance were in England. He was teaching at Eton College. He was doing a fellowship at Eton College, and so she, the col, the college that I went to DePaul first, and then I went to Michigan. This was a friend of mine from DePaul, and mm. there was an exchange program in Sheffield. So they were our home base in England, just outside of London. So we would see them for a few days and then we would, my friend and I would go off and do something. 
And then we'd meet up with them or see them for a few days. And then we'd go off and do something. And when we went, we naturally went to Amsterdam first because duh. (laughs) (laughs) We we were supposed to come back and meet them in London and get a flight to Crete where we were going to spend a week in Greece. And we enjoyed Amsterdam so much that we we forgot what day it was. And we stayed an extra day. And missed your flight. In Amsterdam. And she was... My friend Trish was beside herself because we we didn't have cell phones. We Mm -hmm. weren't texting or emailing. So she had, and and we just didn't show up when she was supposed (laughs) to pick us up from the airport. And so when we finally realized it, we called the house where she was staying and she had changed the outgoing voicemail message, answering machine message Mm -hmm. to say, I don't know where the hell people are, but here's what's happening. This is when our flight is. If you get in, if you're still coming and you know, you're not in jail or something like run to. And so we, we heard it and we're like, Oh, okay. She changed our flight for the next day or whatever. So we ended up landing, running through the airport to find her and just making it to our flight to fly to fly to Greece. (laughs) It was nuts. <laughs> That's great. It took her a, forgot, little, took forgot, a little while for her to forgive me. Forgot what day it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's the story for another podcast. That is another story <laughs> for another day. All right. So, former child star Keisha Knight William oh. wants to play Janet Jackson in a biopic. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. She thinks she's perfect, but there are a lot of people that say all they'll see is Rudy. <laughs> Listen, that's all I see. Yeah. No matter how old she gets. Well, and that's you know, that's a bummer about being a huge child star, is it's really hard to outgrow that. Not very many people do it successfully. No. Janet Jackson should pick who should play. Yeah. Like Ray Charles had to meet with Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. So And he was a great Ray Charles. <laughs> he was. Like, so uh, you know, they usually know. Some fans gave suggestions like Halle Berry, Sierra, or the 1990s version of Lark Voorhees. The 1990s <laughs> version. Not the not the Fox News version that we've come to know. Sierra might be good if she could yeah. act. Yeah. If she could do the moves, the dance moves for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Rudy's hitting those. I don't know if Keisha Knight Pulling is hitting those dance moves. But she did say later in that article that if it wasn't to be for her to play her, she would like to produce and have something to do with it. Um, so we're not quite done with Donald Trump's uh, influence on the Republican Party. And this political Politico article talks about the fact that um, the potential for Republicans not to participate in debates for the 2024 election. <laughs> Johnny just took his glasses off and rubbed his eyes. No, off. you know, my eyelashes get tangled in her. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I think Donald Trump is a, an interesting scapegoat for all the things that the Republican... Well, that's what he is now, right? Yeah. He's the scapegoat for I, the... But, I, you know, I think even... People who are very comfortable with... When he was in office, like... I say this a lot on the podcast. Like the most interesting thing for me is for people that are now realizing that a lot of these Republicans are racist. Mm-hmm. When we've been saying it for many, many, many years, right? right? So 
they're not gonna go to the debate because what they don't have anything substan you know substantial substantive to debate. Right. Like they're saying, you know, they all they they're saying the Democrats were the party and no. So what have they done in this first year of the Biden administration? What what like because he is not he's I mean even Obama, but he is not one of these super left leaning people. Right, like Not he's left he, enough for right, many, many people. Right, so he's he's one of these people. Oh, I want to work with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. And what have they done? They don't renew the voting mm-hmm. act. They don't. Pass yeah, so let me ask you this: Do you think that I, I in Joe asked me this morning when I thought about Biden, and I will forever say it's better than what we had the previous four years. It is, and I stand by that. Mm-hmm. But do you think that there is a place in the presidency right now for a centrist? No. They're really, I mean, no. I don't think that was the appropriate response to what we lived through for the far alt-right ridiculousness of the Donald Trump presidency. So I listened to an interview uh, yesterday morning on the way into work, um, and I can't remember who they were interviewing, but, she, oh, it was the Sonny Hochstein. Oh, from The right? View. From The View. Mm-hmm. And it was a rerun. It was Monday. It must've been because it was Martin Luther King day. It was a rerun. And it was uh, an interview that took place before Biden was elected. And she was saying, if Biden is elected, we're going to see very quickly this change and that change. And the other thing that we haven't seen, we're going to see the expansion of the Supreme court. We're going to see, you know, the voting rights act. We're going to see, and none of that has happened. Yeah. Because these people keep, first of all, we don't have enough young people voting in primary. Right. That's first. That's why Biden is in it, right? Mm-hmm. And these older people, they be they fall for the okie doke all the time. Yeah. And he was, you know, he made people feel comfortable. He was the lesser of two evils for me. I'm surprised he even made it. He was never at the beginning of the primary season. He, I never in a million years thought we would end up with a president Biden. Nope. And I don't think we're gonna end up with a president Harris, unfortunately. Nah. But, but yeah. No. Um, this this country is not ready for a female president anyway. No. And, they, and, and, and I, I've long said we probably will never have another black president again. Ever. Never, ever again. You don't think that the Republicans will come up with one? No, because I don't think he'll win the primaries. Do you think a black person will win a primary in Mississippi? I think they would absolutely love to you think find you, one. Good luck. Uh, I mean, so that they can say, "See, we're not racist. You're racist." I just, I mean, I. But I, I definitely am seeing that the. I just don't feel like we're in a period of time in our history where a centrist is what we is the was the best response. To no. what is happening to the Republican Party? Did you not see how they act the last four years? Right. Right. Just do what you need to do. Yeah. You said at one point, if you were Biden, you'd go in there and just say, fuck it, we're doing this. We're <laughs> That's it. this through. We're doing this. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, like, you know, there's, and I consider myself a centrist, like, and even in life, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. but there's other times that I got to say, hey, fuck it, we got to do it this way. Sorry, Charlie, like. I think for a long time, I did consider myself a centrist, and I think the uh, Trump administration made me much more left-leaning. Yeah, because they don't give you a place to go. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I, I mean, get, it's it's you're with us or you're against us. Right. Like people, if you look at George W., like the speech he gave after 9-11. Oh, it's not all Muslims. Like that's a centrist right. kind of speech, mm-hmm. even for a Republican. Mm-hmm. Now, he, you know, people got issues with him and he wasn't great. I, I get that. But from from a morality standpoint, mm-hmm. that's what exactly. you need. To, that's what you need to say. Exactly. You don't say, "Oh, you know, we're gonna ban all Muslims." Yeah, Biden sucks. Like we'll probably have a. I mean, it's, I mean, we're not gonna have a. I don't think our next president will be a Democrat. I'm not, I mean, they should. I pro, I, they should primary Biden. Yeah. Like it, I can't imagine he wants to run again. I can't imagine that he feels like he's up to that. Oh, come on, man. Old men think they could do anything. <laughs> I don't know. He was pretty... I think that if that were the case with Biden, he would have run after Obama. I don't... But I think, I don't think, I think he didn't run after Obama because his son had just died. Yeah. But I don't know that he even wanted to run this time. I think it was a group decision. I think he ran only because he didn't want Trump to get in again. Yes. Yeah. No, nah, I agree with that. But I, I think... That there's young Republicans who don't really care for some of the shit going on. There's not enough of those. Yeah, but there are enough Democrats. They should primary Biden. We're tired of these people, man. Get stuff done. Primary Biden. That's what I would do. And then, you know, know, in politics, they oh, you can't do that. Yes, you fucking can. What do you think about the talk about Hillary running again? She won't win. No, people don't like her. Do you think people have come to like her more after the last eight years? Four or five years? Where she's <sighs> kind of taken that monkey off her back and just been her and done interviews and written a book? and. I mean, it's hard for me because I never really disliked her like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought she was cool. I, I thought she was going to beat Obama. I tell you what, I learned that my dislike for her was bullshit. And just sort of uh, framed by my early conservatism. Yeah, you know she's a big villain, right? Like right. so. But no, I think I think Democrats are not going. They want someone new. Bush was the last Republican to win, while also winning the popular vote. Yeah. Just a little. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean. Yeah, they, I think, first of all, I, you know, I think I've said this before, we need more political parties. I think now people like AOC and and people of her ilk are no, don't, they don't feel like they're Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some Republicans, for instance, uh, Liz Cheney, mm-hmm. who no mm-hmm. longer feels like she's a Republican. Like, what is happening to my party? And I think it would take a while to get going, but I think... That needs to be done. I do not disagree with that at all. I do not. So so anyway, this talk that the debate commission has outlived its usefulness and uh, no doubt um, it appears that Republicans only want to encourage the excitement and the voting of Republicans. So, So maybe... Maybe debates will look different. Who knows? (laughs) Looking for more of the Strongly Worded podcast? Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow the Strongly Worded pod on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Also, make sure you're a subscriber wherever you listen to us. And if you listen on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. So we're here today to talk about transgender athletes. Oh, yeah. We've got, um, there are several things happening in the news right now. We have the um, situation with the swimmer, right? The swimmer from the University of Pennsylvania. She is a transgender woman Mm -hmm. who's, you know, beating the pants off of anybody she races against. For Mm -hmm. the first three years of her college career, she uh, participated in men's swimming. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she took a year to do the hormone suppression therapy, mm-hmm. um, sort of, I guess, coincided with COVID. So she had has another year of eligibility or whatever. And um, now she's, she's winning all the races. Now, and people think she's winning all the races because... If she you, used to if, be a man. Yes. If you read conservative articles about it, they say she's winning because she's biologically male. Um, but that's, I mean, the, that's, when, that's the uh, the the conservative speak for. Uh, I mean, mis- I mean, that's basically just trying. Now, to before I read a couple of articles, I might have believed that as well. But the science behind that shows that may not be the case. Um. From some stuff that I read, they say you know, maybe you might be a little stronger. I think it was like it was like maybe six percent or something like that. So this person was already athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, if she would have been born a woman, she probably would have been beating the pants off women anyway. So elite athletes tend to have traits that make them elite. Right. That's regardless. what regardless. And I didn't really even think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, your thought process goes, well, oh, she used to be a man. <sighs> like, you know, men jump higher. But, but wait a minute. There's a reason that person does that because their genetic makeup. So them being a woman, it's not going to make her swim faster. So some people have chimed in. Mm-hmm. Caitlyn Jenner is one person who chimed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily one to be held up as the (laughs) favored transgender woman Mm -hmm. i know she's controversial um but she said like in the case of leah the swimmer leah Mm -hmm. she went through puberty as a male without any any hormone suppression so she's built like a man she has bigger hands longer arms Mm. broader shoulders um a larger cardiovascular system more lung capacity Damn, that would help. You see, science. Mm-hmm. So it's she feels that. Caitlin um, mm-hmm. says that transgender athletes, transgender female athletes, I think specifically, um, should absolutely be living their authentic selves. However, they should also have um, some respect for these for facts like this, and that uh, uh, she does not feel. Um, she says it's unfortunate that this is happening. I don't know why Leah's doing it. She knows that when she's swimming, she's beating her competition by two laps. Um, and she said that, that she's, you know, she was, she, she went through puberty as a male. Okay. So I guess my reaction to that would be, and so like another article I read was saying, we don't need to, to do this. 
but should there be now uh, a specific category for transgender athletes? Well, I th it's possible. And I think that that's probably where our conversation is headed. Um, the NCAA did make a decision, a preliminary decision, mm -hmm. that these decisions should be sport specific. So, for example, like we just said with like, the swimmer. Like, yeah, the example you just gave is perfect. With uh, basketball. So Joe and I did a little research about the average height of female and male basketball <laughs> players in college. Yeah. Well, hormone suppression doesn't take away a man's height. No. Or wingspan. It could be six foot ten with a seven foot four wingspan. And the average female college basketball player is five nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. So the last article that I read, and I didn't get all the way through it, and I'd like to finish it. It was published by ESPN. Says that um, the debate runs deeper than college than college athletes or pro mm -hmm. athletes. What about what about the ten or twelve year old that wants to play basketball in the league or wants to play soccer? Mm -hmm. So you know, kids are being identif identifying themselves as transgender younger and younger, and some of them are beginning hormone therapy prior to puberty, um, yeah. younger and younger all the time. And I I don't know that I can debate that or know even a lot of it. But this girl, uh, she's eleven, and she runs, and she can't wait to play soccer. And in her town, the soccer league um, is not co-ed. Her family has raised her as a girl, even though she was genetically assigned male at birth. So, oh man, that's tough because I, I don't... she wants to do is play. She's not even trying to be a, you know, an elite athlete. She just wants to play upward soccer or whatever it is. You so, know? if I were to have a kid and then they were 11 years old and they realized, you know, it was a boy who didn't realize, okay, I identify as a girl. You know, I probably would take them to therapy, make sure that's what they want, all that kind of stuff, right? But I'm not, I wouldn't give them the hormones. Like, I'm not going to make, have an 11-year-old make that decision. Now, when you get 18, or, yeah, when you get to be an adult, make that decision then. So that makes it tough, so right? what about the science? It talks about they have an easier time transitioning if it's a, a puberty decision. I know, but that's a, Man, these kids sometimes can't even decide what to eat. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so I'm not saying that, you know, hey, listen, every parent got to do what they got to do. We're doing the best we can out here in these streets. <laughs> like, trust me, I know. <laughs> I know firsthand. It's tough out here. But damn, 11-year-old hormones, like, I, I just can't. It's too, that's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. But I can't say that. But what you say, sorry, no, I mean to cut you, but what you're saying, what you're saying and what Caitlyn Jenner said is true, though. If you want to be an athlete, you you kind of got to do it before you go through puberty. You got to. Because otherwise, like you said, you know, men are, they're, they're just, they're built faster, stronger than women. And in basketball, which is my sport, you know, more, a, a guy is more likely to be 6'10 than a girl. You don't see many of those walking around. A girl centered in the WNBA is what, 6'5? Probably not even. Like, based on our research, there aren't 
a ton that are taller than six one, six two. Yeah, so man, that is tough. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I I did not think this was gonna be this tough of a conversation. I just don't know if I could have my ten year old start taking hormones. I just I, I just don't know. So um some of the arguments are that, for example, how motivating is it for example for Leah's teammates to train at this point now at a particular level? Um, regardless of some of the things that they're saying Leah is saying or her behavior. Um, I mean, she's beating people by two laps. Right. So how motivating is it for the athletes around her who are competing with her or against her um, to even train? And there, uh, there's a, a frame of thought that talks about how um, – it's seen as unfair and that critics about uh, transgender women competing uh, in women's sports negates their experience. Everything they've gone through, the training, the therapy, the trauma, whatever. Um, I don't hear, I'm, I'm going to say something that might get some flack, but I don't know that there's room for you dealing with your trauma in in this argument, in this debate. No, I think that's I think that's there a lots very of people some, experience trauma. That's a myopic view, right? Yeah. Like so you don't care about these other people. And that, that that's a to me that's a myopic view. Mm-hmm. So what what this what this woman is doing to me, I mean, it's not wrong. I mean you want to swim and they won't let her compete against the men anymore, right? I don't know if they would let her or not let her. I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, to, like, an article I read was saying, hey, we don't need a transgender category. But maybe we do. Maybe we do. I mean, the, the science is young. Yeah, very. Um, and while, you know, right now the system is set up that they can compete if their testosterone levels are at such and such for such and such a period of time after 12 months of suppression therapy. Other studies say that uh, it takes two years to balance out. It takes three years to balance out and, and whatever. I mean, I think the science is very young. Yeah, one, one article I read said two years um, because they said, you know, you'll be 6% stronger mm-hmm. in the first year. It's not balanced out yet. But it's interesting just, you know, in our society, I was thinking on the way over here, it's only about men who become women right like so it's never the other way around like we don't there's uh, are, there's girls who can compete the men are, are they even checking for that at all yeah. do they even care i was very hard pressed to find articles about that no you can't find it <coughs> and yeah. so it's almost like you don't want to say they're being targeted but they're you know the spotlight is on them mm-hmm. you know michael phelps uh talked a lot about he recently commented on this issue with, with the swimmer, with Leah, and said that, um, talked a lot, of, focused on the level playing field. And, you know, he he's his comments are where I started thinking about how elite athletes just sort of come with certain traits that maybe right. others don't have. That So it's never really in a level playing no. field. But he sort of equated it to doping. Like, you know, he said uh, having the testosterone of a 
somebody assigned male at birth. I'm trying to say this all without, you know, sort of the appropriate way, but for somebody assigned male at birth who kind of goes through puberty as a male and then transitions, um, you know, that extra testosterone is likened to doping. It's likened to, you know, chemicals that people will put in their body for that edge. And, uh, he, you know, he doesn't, he, again, said the same thing. He doesn't want anybody to not live their authentic life, but that it creates, he fears that this creates an unequal playing field, an unlevel playing field. Yeah. And in swimming, that's probably the case. It probably is. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about some other sports, track and fields, probably like that. What about Jeopardy? Not Jeopardy. And basketball, to be honest, is only like that when you talk about length. Because I don't know. I don't know that that's true. Yeah, I mean, you think you think like I think there's there's guards in the WNBA that are just as good as a lot of men. How does a a woman's vertical stack up to a male's vertical? Yeah, you know. I don't know. I didn't do that research. You know, they don't stack up, and that's why the WNBA. The reason why women's basketball will never take off like men's basketball is because of the athleticism Mm -hmm. because you can't see somebody dunk on two people in women's basketball that is the only thing because everything else they do so we start uh seeing people in the double wnba who are transgender females that have the height advantage that have the length advantage Mm -hmm. that can dunk Mm -hmm. is it still Women's basketball. I think that's kind of the the argument, though I don't agree with it, that people make about Amy Schneider and Jeopardy. Is it still the women's category when she... Well, I mean, your brain is not better as a man. You see what I'm saying? Well, but it's like, I I, I think that, you know, like I said, and I I do believe people are grasping at straws for this because I, I don't, but... Things like the hand-eye coordination for the buzzer no. is something that um, I saw. I mean, it, I, I don't know that it's the same or different because all along, the female champion, uh, the previous Amy Schneider, wasn't anywhere near a million dollars. Yeah, but do you think... So, I'm, do you think that there are other things that make a male, that make that game uh, more... Uh, I don't know the word I'm thinking of, but make it easier for a male to be successful than a female? Jeopardy? No. But, then why has a, why has a woman never, I mean, like only earned a fraction of what the male champion has until Amy Schneider? So I'm just know, curious. I, I mean, don't is know. It I, the I, subject matter is it? The, I would have to see a lot of stuff like as a numbers person, right? Like mm-hmm. I'd have to see the amount of men as opposed to women over the time. Like how Do many? Do you think that there have been more women? I don't know. Than men? I'd have to see it. Has there been more men than women? Has there been? As many panels as there's two women and one guy, as one woman and two guys, all that stuff would matter in that kind of research, right? Mm-hmm. But as opposed to what Caitlyn Jenner was saying about men being born with the car, a man, I'm sure that Sue Bird has better hand eye coordination than Johnny Hampton. Yeah, but she's not on Jeopardy. Either. No, but, I'm, but what I'm saying is uh, there can be a woman who has superior hand eye coordination. There can be a woman, but right. I mean, women in general and men in general, like 
you know, I'm, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that no, I'm just one way or another. No, but. I'm just wondering if hand-eye coordination is one of those things that men are born, you know what I'm saying? Like, the other stuff I understand, the, you know, the cardiovascular, like, all that stuff makes sense to me. But the buzzer? Is that what we're talking about? No, I mean, there's the always... men process hearing auditory cues questions i don't know I, I don't know but i'm just saying there's always they're a, saying that women haven't have earned a fraction of what the men have earned on jeopardy and so now that amy schneider was assigned male at birth the folks that want to misgender her say it took a man to win at this hmm. level in the female category on jeopardy so that assumes that we'll never. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Oh, I think it's bullshit. Yeah, that, you know, anything that, you can do, I can do better, right? That, that that's a stretch, man. Like, <laughs> we should have got my mom on Jeopardy. That's what I. Because <laughs> she would have probably. I just don't. Damn. To me, to me, I don't see it. Like, there are hand-eye coordination is not just for men. So are men better at processing? information auditorily and women are better at it you know reading it like i don't know you tell me i, I mean know. if my wife was here today she would say johnny don't process shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta tell him three times <laughs> like I, I mean who knows are they are men better at retaining trivial information and women are better at big concepts How, okay, so. No idea the answer to that question. The highest, do we know, what was the highest dollar figure before her? I don't, I would have to look um, it back up, but it was not a million dollars. Keep talking. I want, I want, I want, <laughs> yeah. Because that, that is an interesting thing. And like I said, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a, there's a lot of variables there. Mm -hmm. You know, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think that the the numerous variables in Jeopardy are also numerous variables in sports, and which is why the NCAA is making these decisions sports-specific. Yeah, that makes sense to me, though. Like, yeah, for sure. All-time sure. female champion. Let's see. She's the first one million, okay? So Julie Collins was 20-day champion. And she won 429. So how long has Amy Schneider been on? 36 yesterday. Today, if she won today, I think it would be her 37th win. Okay. I will say this. So now, so now, because 20 days is a long time. Mm -hmm. And 429 is not that much. I would attribute that to risk. That's, a, that's another great variable. Yep. That's what I would, I would attribute, like, I used to watch Jeopardy America. So <laughs> now, you know. And who's that winner that every time he got a daily double said make it a true? Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien. Okay, so how, yeah. a woman ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. That I can say. Yeah. So. That's a, I mean, that's. That's a good one. Like, the other, the other stuff I just, I just don't believe in. I don't believe that a man, oh, more. But I do believe if a woman is up in a game and she's got twenty thousand and the other person's got ten, she's betting three mm -hmm. because I'm trying to win this. Yeah. Whereas a man is saying, you know what, I'm gonna try to get yeah. get as much money as I can. That's a good so point. I, I I think that would be the variable that I would probably stand on and say I just and I would look back at mm -hmm. this whoever this woman is who was twenty day champ. 
Julie Collin, Julia Collins. Uh, she was a 28 champion. I would look back and see how much money she bet along the way. Because mm-hmm. Ken O'Brien got, he ran that thing up. That's right. He did. He ran that thing up. I, I watched a lot of him. And he, you know, yeah, True Daily Double. And if he was up, he wouldn't just bet. You know, he would. He He'd would. always go for it. He would always go right. for it. Right. And that's why he eventually lost. Mm-hmm. Because he does that stuff. So I, I would attribute it to risk more than hand-eye coordination. That's just. So Amy Schneider mm-hmm. is at a million. Is she is her uh, assignment of gender at birth causing her to take big, bigger risks than other women who have competed, and that's why she's at a million at thirty six days. I think that might be true. Is it a quote unquote male trait that is having her succeed at this level in this game? That might be true. Mm-hmm. It might be. It might Those are be. The questions I ponder. Yeah, that's a good question because. But again, there is evidence and data that they can look at mm-hmm. for that. Do people want to do that? Yeah, we so, need an actuary in the house, right? Isn't that what we do? Yeah, like, so <laughs> we would we could look at them both at their 20-day mark and see what their daily tolls were. Mm-hmm. And did they get the daily double? Because, again, she might be getting, this, this new person might be getting all the daily doubles, and another person might not. Mm-hmm. That also counts. That also matters. Mm-hmm. There's too much. To me, there's too much variables in jeopardy to say it has anything to do with gender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Ken, o- Ken O'Brien could have been getting these daily doubles, and that's there's no skill in that. Some people, I don't know. I've seen jeopardy where some people, women and men, bounce around the categories looking for it, yeah, and they find it, but there's no skill in that. Like, you don't know where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So. No. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. So Leah, the swimmer. Yeah. Recently, in the last couple of days, competed against another transgender female. Oh, okay. And she lost. It's the first race she's lost in a long time. And there's speculation that all of this drama surrounding her, all of this coverage mm-hmm. and analysis surrounding her performance, they, there's uh speculation that she lost on purpose because of her times. Her times were not consistent with her times in this particular race thus far because she just wanted to be able to say, you know, I don't win everything. <laughs> she couldn't have had a bad day. I mean, you know, we'll just see. She could have, I mean, she, and, had a, she could have had a bad day. And there are other things that they're saying about her specifically as a person that I don't particularly care about that she is, um, sort of getting off on the attention and just sort of like who mm. does who doesn't though right? well and as a an incredibly as a competitor at that level i think that fits yeah i mean you know whatever it takes to to motivate you to compete at that high level it takes a certain amount of ego and and fearlessness and whatever right i used to like the company i used to work for the owner you know at times he took risks and stuff like that and he was a certain kind of way and the other owner, the owner of Hooligans, worked so hard. Mm-hmm. And I used to say to him, like, hey, listen, man, I wish you didn't work so hard. At the same time, if you didn't work so hard, you wouldn't have what you got. Right. And so, yeah, with elite athletes, that ego is important. Mm-hmm. But she could have just had a bad day. She could have. Like, if, totally like if Steph Curry awesome. goes out and shoots one for 20 tomorrow, <laughs> does it mean he wasn't? Does it mean he threw the game? Yeah. She could have had a bad day. 
But I think ultimately where this is heading is you need the transgender category. You just need it. Because more and more people are doing this. Like, it's not a fad. Like, people really, you know, feel they're misgendered mm-hmm. at times. Like, my daughter's one of them people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tiara's one of those people. So, like, it's a thing. And what, you know, the science, while, you know, some of these medical reviews and all these reviews say sometimes it doesn't matter, the point that Caitlyn Jenner made is very, very good. And I never thought about that. And I don't, I don't want kids to have to make that decision before puberty. So for me, I'd rather you just do men, women, and then you do transgender, and then they can make the decision when they get old enough to understand what old. Because I don't think I. So look, what about the eleven-year-old? I don't think she like. Do they understand what that means at that age? Did you ever? I mean, did you? When did you know you were male? I mean, did you always just know it? Did I? Yeah, and I, I never, I never made the choice to be male. You see what I'm saying? But I don't, I don't think that, and I'm not transgender. Right. But I don't ever, I don't think that people choose to be trans. They know. They feel it. They, they've, yes, it's mm. something that they know. I don't think somebody chooses to be gay. I think it's oh, something no. they know. Oh, no. I tripped up one of my best friends with that once. Because he was saying gay person, gay being gay is a choice. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, when did you choose not to be gay? Exactly. And he couldn't answer me. <laughs> but I, you know, I feel it's the same thing. People, I mean, can you imagine the confusion and the pain and the torment of knowing something's not right about who you are as a human being, but not having any kind of vocabulary to describe it? No, I can't imagine. I just, I just don't feel like that age you make that kind of choice. Like even. I mean, I I didn't have to be 18 to know I'm female. I didn't have to be 18 to know I'm straight. No, I get that. But those those things are and and I can't imagine somebody telling me I had to pretend to be otherwise. No, I see that I wouldn't make them pretend. So the eleven year old, I'm not saying she has to take hormones, but does she pl- get to play with girls or does she have to play with boys because she was assigned male at birth? Well, that's what we're talking about in general, anyway, though, right? Well, right, but, if... we're, but at that level of elite athlete is a little different, I think, than the just the kid that wants to go play soccer on Saturday mornings. She'd have to play with a boy. She'd have to. Because, well, I would probably make it co-ed. Like, you know. Go find a co-ed league somewhere. That's what I would do. Um, I I can't imagine Tiara coming to me at 10 saying, hey, I feel this way. And I'm like, okay, let's go get some home. I wouldn't do it. But But this this conversation isn't even about the hormones. It's just about what do you tell your 10-year-old who... The truth. Who is a woman on the inside, mm-hmm. but has the anatomy of a male mm-hmm. who wants to go play soccer. You're going to keep her in quote unquote boy clothes presenting as a boy until she's of no. a certain age. And no, I wouldn't do that. So is she supposed to go play on a boy's team like that day, not wear her skirt? No, I wouldn't do that either. So are you putting her on the girls team? No. I'm going I'm to I'm let her do her. And we gotta follow the rules that they got, unless we find a co-ed. But I'm not. No, I'm not making. No, 
You're, that, you're not making what finish that. I'm not. I'm not making him wear pants. I'm not doing all that. Like I'm not because. And, so no co-ed league exists within 75 miles of your home. She doesn't get to play soccer on Saturday mornings because life, life is unfair. That's a conversation you gotta have though. Like so, no, she probably doesn't. And there's people. If you would ask me 20 years ago, I would have you know yeah I'm making oh, hell yeah you're gonna wear pants. But there's people smarter than me that know a lot more than me about these things. So why? Why can't she play with the girls at 10 or 11 years old because, on a Saturday morning league? Because right? even then, if you play with the girls, you're going to be faster. You're going to be like, you're... Oh, come on. <laughs> we know a lot of boys who are slow. She might I not mean, be one of them, though. It's not like she's, you know... So, like, I, I know some 10-year-old, 11-year-old boys that if they played with girls now would kill them. You see what I'm saying? So... But... Aren't we saying that elite athletes have certain athletes have certain traits regardless? What yes. about the boy that's killing all the other boys? We're not making a special. We're not saying he has to go find a different league. No, because he's playing with boys who have the same anatomy and the same makeup. Now, see, I think we agreed about most things until this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so at 10 years old, 11 years old. So let's say if my 10 year old transgender daughter is living as a girl, and yeah. I know that you're waiting for me to stop talking so yeah. you can make your point. Yeah. I'm not taking her. Uh, I'm, she's playing with a girl. So if your 14 year old boy now identifies as a girl, he can go play. She can go play soccer with the girls yeah. for, at 14 years old. Yeah. So now we're in puberty now, like you said, like we're hitting that. And so on a soccer field, they haven't taken the hormones. They're just identifying. They're going to knock some of them girls out. Nah. That happens on cisgendered teams all the time. Yeah, I can't do it. Can't do it. I wouldn't do it. I don't think that there's an age where it becomes appropriate. I think. Appropriate for what, what, uh, what becomes appropriate? I don't think there is a, like a number on when my transgender child can participate in activities as the gender they identify with. But there is. We we just talked about it. We just talked about when you go through puberty, you get an unfair advantage. So if there is a 14-year-old, 15-year-old that's going through puberty and they identify as a woman now, as a girl, and you well, let them go we play. We talked about that in the context of these, again, elite athletes at a certain level. I'm talking about my kid who wants to play soccer on Saturday mornings. No, and I... I get that, but do you think... I mean, Carolyn played on a co-ed team against males with a biological advantage. It doesn't take away the biological advantage to put them on a co-ed team. No, I get that. And when they had too much of an advantage, it's it worried me. But, it, I mean, like the a co-ed team doesn't take the advantage away. Right, but it it, do, it doesn't take the advantage away. But what I'm saying is if you have a 16-year-old boy or from anywhere from 13 to 16 that identify as a girl and they're playing with only girls, that's going to be a problem. You know that. I, it was a problem for me when my girl was playing on a team with boys, too. It was. You know, and she took some hits. And she took some hits from other girls all summer long. Yeah. I don't know if any of those girls identified as <laughs> you know, we're genetically assigned male at birth. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, to me, when we when you start to get into that, then you're getting into just like what Caitlyn Jenner said, though. 
And so then is it fair to the other kids to have this one kid? Yeah, I mean, is it fair to the other kids that somebody with the the athleticism of a Nate Sean is always on their team getting their playing time when my kid will, you know, when another kid might not ever have that kind of athletic advantage. Yes. because they're Just playing. because they're the same gender assigned at birth? Yeah, because it's, it's, yes, yes, because it's, it's, it's like comparing apples and apples. You're both boys. This boy just happens to be better than you. You can, when I'm, when I, when, okay, so explain that to me on a co-ed team. Okay, explain what exactly? The, the same premise. So Carolyn plays on a team with a co-ed team with mm-hmm. boys like Nate Sean, mm-hmm. who are male mm-hmm. and whose athleticism uh, mm-hmm. is stronger than hers. Mm-hmm. What about it? I mean, what am I explaining? I mean, what's the difference? What do you mean what's the difference? There's still a biological difference between Carolyn and Nate Sean on a co-ed team as there is on a on a non-co-ed team. Yeah, but you know that because it's co-ed. Like you oh, know so, that's going to happen. So if I know it, you know that it's you, okay. I have to be okay with it. If you sign up for a co-ed league, then you know that's going to happen. That's what you're saying. Yes. You don't, I don't. I I just disagree with you. I I just disagree with you. But, period. So, I, mean, I don't think that my is that not a fact though. Like so, if you go into a co-ed league and you're a 14 year old girl, and you got a you're a child of a 14 year old girl, and, you, and there's a 14 year old boy playing in the same league, mm-hmm. do you not understand that there's going to be times when the boy's going to be faster, stronger? Yes, but I also understand on a girls team. There are going to be girls that are faster and stronger and whatever. Yes, there are going to be girls that were assigned girls at birth. They, nobody is going to go into a girls team thinking there's going to be a boy who hasn't gone through the change or anything like that going to play with them. No one's I thinking that. I disagree with you. And, and based but, on, but like you, I said, the story of this girl, this 11-year-old girl who just wants to go play soccer on Saturdays and who lives her life as a girl, she shouldn't have to go join a boy. I'm team. just trying. What do you disagree with? Exactly. I, I disagree with the fact, I mean, that's what I'm explaining. I don't think that my transgender kid at this age and not at an elite level of playing, whether she's gone through pu- puberty or not, has to go find a co-ed team to play on so the biological difference is known ahead of time and acceptable. Well, I mean, we <laughs> puberty is puberty no matter if you're an elite athlete or not, right? It is. And, you know, like in the case of this 11-year-old girl who wants to play soccer in her league on Saturday mornings, I think she gets to play with the girls. She does for maybe two years, and then it becomes an issue. There is an issue in the disparity of athleticism in all youth sports. I mean, to me, that's that's dumbing down this whole the thing. To me, I'm, my my opinion is dumbing down the yeah, like, conversation. Yeah, like it's it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of ma- it's kind of making it like that is not that's not what we're talking about. Like you said, it's there, what I'm there's about. a disparity in all athletes. Sure, there is. Sure, there is. Yeah, sure. There and is. not every youth athlete is looking to become uh, an Olympic level athlete. Some of them just want to go play. Yeah, some of them want to go play. Yeah. And you're telling me that it would be fair to have... What did you just say? Life's not fair. These are conversations you have to have. So I'm going to have a conversation with my trainer. So I'm going to have a conversation with my trainer. All right, so now you're cutting me off. 
Okay, so you're gonna have a conversation. I, I would just like to finish my sentence. With, you're gonna have a conversation with a young girl and tell her what exactly? Well, that's what I was trying to say. That's what I would like to know. You said earlier that that's the conversation you have to yeah. have. Life's not fair, and that's right. the converse. I mean, I had those conversations with my daughter on the co-ed team as well. My don't interrupt me again. This strongly worded podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Max Lamont Hamilton and cover art by Samantha Shakes.